0: Good morning, I am Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations that serve Tucson and Southern Arizona, getting updates on current projects and to share information relevant to our community. For today's program, I am sharing my recent conversation with Robert Jensen, the CEO of Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona.
1: I am Robert Jensen, the Chief Executive Officer for Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona.
0: Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona has Quite a long-standing reputation in Tucson and Southern Arizona, but we're also an area that is uh, constantly growing and expanding. Uh, So, to start off, will you just give me just a brief introduction and history? Uh,
1: Absolutely. Uh, We we were started when uh, there were some physicians' wives in 1970, and uh, they would these doctors would work on their patients send them home, but they weren't capable of cooking for themselves when they got out of the hospital. So a number of these physicians' wives got together and they joined Meals on Wheels. They did that for about two years and then Meals on Wheels was was closing. So they decided to open up mobile meals. So they started delivering food to the patients of their husbands and for the last 51 years it has just continued to grow and expand and meet the needs of people that need food
0: who does it serve now and uh, what's what's the area that you work within
1: let me give you a little a little background previous to covid we were delivering to homebound people so whether you had a health issue whether you had a disability of any sort, something where you were homebound and couldn't get out. And that's what we had done for 50 years prior to COVID. Once COVID hit, then the elderly population was at such high risk that they didn't want to go out. And so we had to change our model. So we started to l- delivering food to people who did not want to leave the house because they didn't want to get COVID. Well, this demand grew and grew, and then we kind of tapped into a lower-income folks that couldn't afford to go out and the food. Some of these people, they, they don't even have cars, and they have to take a taxi or an Uber to the grocery store. And so we've come full circle to where now, if you need food for whatever reason you want, we are going to deliver it to you. So we have a sliding scale that the least you're going to pay, it'll be free. If you don't have enough income, we're going to give you food for free. If you are a millionaire, the most we will charge you is $5 a meal. And we have a sliding scale uh, for anywhere in between there. And about 75% of our clients receive their meals for $1.50 or less. Mm-hmm. So, what, who we're really servicing is the low income, the poor, uh, along with people with disabilities. And we're able to keep them in their homes longer before they have to move into a nursing facility or an assisted living facility. That's one of the big motivations. They don't want to leave their home. They want to stay home, but they can't cook anymore. They can't get around. They shouldn't be around an open flame on a stove. Mm-hmm. So we're able to bring them their food. They're able to stay in their homes, and they are really grateful for that. So we cover, uh, when we say southern Arizona, we go out uh, to the east as far as Vail. We cover all of Tucson. Um, We don't go up into the northwest corner because interfaith community services handles that area and we have a gentleman's uh, deal that we have had for 50 years that will stay out of their territory and and uh we'll let them do their piece and then we go down to the south uh, as far as the border to Nogales, and uh, we are now moving west and we'll be going out as far as cells so uh, we cover quite a territory and uh the grand design to take over the world and feed the people that are needed is someday we'll be going to Sierra Vista and Benson and Wilcox.
0: You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Robert Jensen, CEO of Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona. Uh, so I was reading on your website that there are different programs that are offered through Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona, Signature Meal Service, Organic Meals, Concierge. Can you take a second to just kind of tell me a bit more about these programs and how they differ?
1: Yes. So our, our main meal service is comprised of eight different diets. Uh, so if you need a diabetic diet or if you have a heart condition or you have... Uh, some kidney failure, you need a renal diet. If you have chewing problems, texture problems, swallowing is difficult for you, w- we can take that and puree that food so that it it uh, is able to be swallowed easier. That and then of course our regular diet, um, and we have ten facilities that currently produce our food for us, uh, hospitals. All the local hospitals, TMC, St. Joe's, Banner, St. Mary's, uh, and a couple of assisted living facilities, they produce our food for it. And then we have a small army of 250 volunteers that go out five days a week and deliver. So that's 98% of all the meals we do. And then we have two partners. Uh, One is Mom's Meals, and they deliver frozen meals uh, via FedEx or UPS. And so for outlying areas that we can't service, we work with those clients to get them set up on mom's meals because it can come to them anytime via postage. And then we have a collaboration with Stay Naked Kitchen, uh, which puts out meals that are more carbohydrate loaded. A lot of marathoners, firemen, policemen, uh, workout people, uh, those kinds of uh, meals where they need uh, a good carb, uh, high enriched, fresh, organic meals. And so we deliver meals to folks that can't go out and get them. And those are our three main meal services right now.
0: Something I'd kind of like to uh, uh, go back to is you mentioned how things kind of changed for Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona with uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, so Do you expect for these changes to uh, continue, and are there um, still precautions in place that people should be aware
1: of? The need for meals to be delivered will continue to grow forevermore. And with inflation coming here, it is going to be more and more difficult for people to be able to feed themselves. They are on a set income, and as the prices go higher, anyone who's gone grocery shopping lately knows that prices have gone up gasoline has gone up. All of these costs have gone up, and yet their income stays the same. So in reality, they're losing more and more money or more capability of being able to shop and get food. So the need will only continue to grow, and we will continue to service that need and and expand. And Riley, I'm sorry, what was the other question you had? Oh,
0: I was was curious. uh, Are there still currently some, like, precautions that uh, Mobile Meals is using, um, since we're kind of on the the downswing i guess you could say yes. of
1: the pandemic yes well we completely changed our model in terms of all the ppe the gloves the masks the social distancing we used to carry these trays we have these really nice trays that can hold hot food hot and cold food cold right next to each other we would go into these folks house put the food on the counter or on the dining room table or in their refrigerator for them and then COVID hit well now the meals go into a plastic bag uh and we hand them to them. But we have made the change since vaccinations have become widespread that if you are vaccinated, then we allow our volunteers to come to a mutual decision with their clients on whether they need to be masked or not. And uh, and that is a one-on-one discussion between our volunteer and the client. And whatever makes both of them comfortable, then that's what we will do. Mm-hmm.
0: And. I would I would imagine that that one-on-one contact is kind of a key element to mobile meals um, because, I especially I think of the elderly and the isolation, being able to connect with another person uh, definitely has a significance to it to itself. And um, I can imagine that you have uh, experienced some uh, kind of touching stories and have seen a lot. What type of feedback do you get from uh, the people you serve?
1: So... This is what I always say. We deliver 50% nutrition and 50% compassion because the food is very important, but just as equally important as the compassion. Most of our clients don't see people or they'll have a caregiver that comes in a couple times a week. We're the only ones they'll see. and, And we show up. Monday through Friday, every day, and ring that doorbell and knock on that door and ask them how they are. And how did your doctor's appointment go? And did you get to talk to your sister yesterday? And that compassion component almost is, is as important as the meal, the nutrition that they get. Um, so we're 50% nutrition and 50% compassion. And I really can't figure out which one is more than the other. Um, and and First off, our volunteers are just phenomenal. Their dedication is phenomenal. Throughout COVID, we had an army of volunteers that hung in there. And and almost all of our volunteers are retirees, elderly retirees. And they're the susceptible uh, population to COVID. And yet they were so dedicated to their clients that they knew these people had to have their food. And so they hung in there with us and they delivered we're delivering over 2,000 meals a week and, you know, over 100,000 meals a year. And and they know that without mobile meals, without them getting up and coming and getting the food and delivering it, these folks wouldn't have it. And our clients are just, they absolutely love their volunteers. They build a bond and they build a relationship and they, they, they look forward to seeing them every day. Um, but the other 50% is like... I, we had the the Wienermobile come into town. And so we thought it would be really cool. I mean, besides the fact that since I've been a kid, I've been in awe of the Wienermobile.
0: He doesn't love seeing the Wienermobile. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean,
1: so, I mean, it, it was phenomenal. For me, I was like a kid again. But so we roll up to one house in the Wienermobile. We have a couple of volunteers in there, and we're delivering meals out of the Wienermobile. We're driving around town bringing meals. So we pull up to this one couple, and they're sitting on their front patio. And uh, we come up, and I say hello, and I go, look at that. Isn't that unbelievable? And with a big wiener mobile, wider than their lot of their house, sitting you know 50 feet from them. And uh, the gentleman looks at me, and he says, you did bring the food, didn't you?
2: <laughs> I say, yes, we have the
1: food. So the Wienermobile didn't quite stack up compared to he, needed, he wanted that food just to make sure, okay, then he could look at the Wienermobile. Oh, that's endearing.
0: Um, Something I kind of was thinking about um, just from my own experience with my aging family members. uh, I see online that you have the, you know, the ability for these people to enroll in your services. What, um, What do you do to accommodate for people who are not very Um, literate when it comes to internet use or how to use a computer right Um, is there a way that you can accommodate for that
1: yes we still have the good old-fashioned phone number Mm -hmm. our 622-1600 number we will do everything via the phone we will take care of all of that Um, and because there are a number of folks uh, that either aren't tech savvy don't have the equipment Mm -hmm. don't have a desktop or a laptop Although most of them have phones, which is which is very nice, so they can stay connected. Uh, but that's way too small for them to be filling out an application and that sort of thing. So, the good old-fashioned way: they call us on the phone, and/or we go out to them now that now that the vaccinations are in place, and and take the information directly from them. Absolutely.
0: Um, so I'm kind of I'm also just curious because you talked about your uh, your group, uh, very dedicated volunteers for a group like Mobile Meals to function. There's a lot of what you need from the community. So is there anything that Mobile Meals is kind of needing like themselves uh, to continue providing these services?
1: The biggest need that we have is volunteers. Um, It's uh, especially right now during the summertime and that that, uh, a number of them are snowbirds and they go back home. And then this year, because they're going back home because they haven't seen their grandkids in a year and a half, and they're all getting out of Tucson and traveling because they haven't been able to. So we, we use a lot of substitute drivers when we can. We have a pool of them. Uh, we go out and drive. I drive quite a bit. That's where the magic happens is out there handing a meal to these people and asking them how they're doing and how their day is going. Uh, but w- we're always looking for, for volunteers.
0: Mm-hmm. And where can someone who's interested find uh,
1: information? Uh, the easiest way is to go to our website, mobilemealssoaz.org. And uh, all the information is there. You can sign up right on the website. Uh, or you can always just call our phone number, and, and we will take care of you. The good old-fashioned way, yeah, the phone.
0: You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Robert Jensen, CEO of Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona. You know, we're coming out of what has been a very, you know, turbulent year for many people and organizations. And I, I'm just curious, what
1: are some of your goals moving forward? Well, two things that we're going to do, and and that is geographic expansion, uh, expanding. We're trying to work the, the I-19 corridor down to Nogales right now. Um, We've got uh, our first few people. We're operating out of the Santa Cruz Valley Regional Hospital down there. That just started a couple months ago. They put out some fantastic food and do a phenomenal job. And so we want to expand our our, uh, geographic or cover more rural areas also. Uh, because we feel that there is a big need in in the rural communities. So we're going to eventually get to Benson, get to Wilcox, get to Sierra Vista. So geographically, we're going to expand, and then demographically, we're going to expand. Uh, we are going to start uh, preparing meals and serving meals to folks that have choices. It's it, It's going to be a buy a meal, give a meal program. And what it is, is that when you buy a meal from mobile meals, let's say you, let's say three times a month, you have food delivered here for whatever reason, you're tired, you're you're tired, the, the kids want pizza, whatever. You know, one of those times, order your food from mobile meals, because when you buy a meal from us, you're giving someone who needs a meal. So for every meal you buy from us, we're going to give someone in need a meal. That program hasn't started yet. Uh, we have to make a few changes, but you want to know what's coming, that's, that's the big one. So demographically, we're going to expand. And what it's going to do is allow us an additional source of monies uh, that then we can turn around and we can feed more people in need. So we're going to get this nice circle going of, of folks that say, you know what, I'm going to get my meal tonight from mobile meals because that's going to go feed somebody else.
0: And that's really interesting um, because something that has gained in popularity, even for people who aren't necessarily homebound, cashing in on those meal service kits and stuff like that, getting sent to your house. And so this is almost your way to...
1: Delivery, carry out is not going away. Mm -hmm. We all got trained during COVID. and, And we found out that sometimes, you know what, it's nice to just pick up a meal and go sit in my own couch, mm-hmm. in my own house <laughs> and and have that meal because I want that really good meal, my favorite pasta dish from that restaurant. But it is kind of nice sitting in my own house eating it. So that is not going away. And the delivery services uh, are not going away. Mm-hmm. You're busy. Let's just pick up the phone and call and have it delivered. So w- we're going to try to get into that arena mm-hmm. and and as an additional revenue source to be able to then feed more people. Our whole goal to get into that arena is so we can feed more more people. That's, that's what we do. That's our mission, and we never take our eye off that ball. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, is there any other just new news from Mobile Meals in <coughs> Southern Arizona that you would like to share before we start kind of winding things down here?
1: Just that I'm, we're so appreciative of the southern Arizona community. This town of Tucson and Sarita and Green Valley and Vail, I mean, the the people that donate to us, I mean, they're just genuinely good people. And and I'm happy to say they have faith that we're good stewards of that money and that that money is going to go into food and feed people. Um, But this community is so giving. I think it's the greatest giving community in the country. And um, our volunteers, I mean, th- their dedication is just beyond compare. And we are going to do, for our volunteers in uh, October, we have uh, reserved uh, the Reed Park Zoo. And we are going to have an old-fashioned picnic at Reed Park Zoo with cake and ice cream and popsicles. And our volunteers can bring their families and their grandkids and come to the zoo and have fun and get us all together because we haven't been able to be together for a year and a half. So I'm really looking forward to thanking our volunteers and giving them a day at the zoo. I I think that's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: It'll be a special treat, and especially after so long apart, it'll be great to just uh, see your counterparts. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. Oh, gosh. Well, I I really appreciate you taking this time to uh, sit and have a chat with me for Lifestyle Tucson. Well, I
1: I, I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity um, to say thank you to our volunteers and our donors and, and, uh, and how appreciative we are of our clients.
0: You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson, a weekly program where I speak with nonprofit organizations that serve Tucson and southern Arizona. For the next portion of today's show, I'm speaking with Kim Kirshner from the Institute for Better Education.
2: Hi, Riley. This is Kim Kirshner calling in. Hi, how are
0: you doing, Kim? I am doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Glad we get this opportunity, kind of touch base again, uh, see what's what's going on with you and IBE. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I guess uh, yes. we can start things off uh, by, uh, will you just, you know, let anyone who's unfamiliar know who you are and uh, what the Institute for Better Education does?
2: Absolutely. So, the Institute for Better Education, or IBE, is a nonprofit organization here in Arizona that allows, uh, takes tax credit dollars from Arizona taxpayers, and we turn those into scholarships for children to attend private schools where their family may not be in a position to afford such education. So, let's say a child has special needs and they would need to, uh, it's best suited for them to go to a school specializing, let's say, in autism. That school could be very expensive. We're here to step in with those tax credit dollars and scholarship that child. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, although the Institute for Better Education is uh, it's based here in Tucson, this isn't solely focused on Tucson schools. Is that right?
2: That is correct. We work with over 300 schools throughout the state of Arizona. So
0: we are now heading into summer. Uh, next school year, 2021, 2022, seems like it will be much more, like school years past, can we get kind of a a status report? Uh, Have you seen like an increase uh, in interest or applications to aid from IBE
2: recently? There has been a tremendous increase. We have uh, many more families who are either looking into private school education who are actually Signed up last year and continuing on for this next uh, academic year for the 21-22. But what's really exciting right now is that we're getting ready for our corporate season to open up, which is where Arizona businesses that are eligible, that are C-Corps, S-Corps, most LLCs and insurance companies, have that same dollar-for-dollar tax credit opportunity, except where they can utilize their full liability. So it's a great opportunity for a business to say, I want to focus on children. I want to put children first, making sure their education is a viable option for all families. And so we take tax credits for these businesses, and we just need that deadline by June 30th. Is actually the deadline for those businesses to contact IBE to let us know that they're interested.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I saw saw that uh, on your website. So June 30th is the deadline for the corporate tax donations. Can you just tell a little bit more about this A specific program, like, is there a difference between uh, what is done with the corporate uh, tax donations as opposed to, you know, a donation that came from just an individual?
2: Great question. So there's two different distinct programs that businesses are eligible to donate to. That would be the corporate low-income program or the corporate disabled displaced. So those are for really our most vulnerable children. So if a family is low-income, they're eligible potentially for these dollars, or if a child has a disability or who has ever been in the Arizona foster care system. So again, these are very vulnerable populations of children that businesses can help. And the deadline of June 30th is when we get our applications from the donors, letting us know how much they'd like to donate. And again, it's dollar for dollar credit. They're either writing a check to the Department of Revenue or they are helping children with their education. And then we submit these because there is a statewide cap of what's allowed to be utilized as tax credits for businesses. This year, it's over $135 million. We don't anticipate any problems with people getting their donations through on the beginning of July. But the sooner they get us the application, the better off for the kids. Kids getting scholarship in the business receiving their tax credit
0: mm-hmm. um, you kind of you touched on it briefly what what businesses uh, are applicable for uh, a tax credit donation
2: absolutely so that'd be all C corporations Insurance companies that pay premium taxes here in Arizona, and the big-ticket one really is for S-Corp owners and LLCs that file like an S-Corp. And the reason why that is such an amazing opportunity is that an S-Corp doesn't pay taxes. So it's a very unique situation where the business makes a tax credit donation, and the credit flows through to the shareholder so they take the credit personally. So every S-Corp owner or an LLC that files as an S-Corp needs to contact IBE and say, hey, tell me how this works. How can my business or my entity literally pay my state personal tax liability?
0: Oh, So um, for business owners out there who are interested in finding out some more about a corporate donation, where, where do they start? Where do you recommend directing them?
2: Of course. Our, our website is azcorporatetax.org. That is our corporate website. And on that page, they'll find Lupita Orocha, who is our corporate donor relations expert. And her email is there. They can always get a hold of us here at IBE, 520-512-5438, throughout the entire state. Uh, certainly in Tucson, stop by and see us. We're up here at Speedway and Swan. But that az corporate tax.org is a great place to start. You get a lot of information, and just contact us, and we will make sure you have everything you need to, again, put children first here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I guess while
0: on the topic of the children, uh, what would you say for parents who are, you know, maybe just finding out about IBE and what you do, who would like to learn a bit more about the programs offered?
2: Of course, uh, go to our website at IBE Scholarships dot org. That's our general website. Lots of information there. And if you ever thought that maybe a private school education is best for your child for whatever reason, don't think that tuition is something that's going to keep you from attending. That's what IBE is here for. So go to our website again at IBE Scholarships.org. Uh, come by and see us if you're here in Tucson or again, five two zero five one two five four three eight everybody that answers the phone here knows this program as well as i do so we are happy to assist in any way to get them started on their tax credit journey to hopefully the best education for their child
0: all right well i guess before we wind things down uh just a reminder so the deadline for the uh corporate tax donation is uh, end of this month june 30th and that's uh, would be uh, all the information, as you said, was on your website. I've been speaking with Kim Kirshner from the Institute of Better Education, and I really appreciate you taking this time to uh, spread the word.
2: Thank you. I so appreciate this opportunity.
0: Of course. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care. Take care. This has been Lifestyle Tucson, and I am Riley. If you are part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode, you can contact us by email at publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That's publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. If there is something you missed or would like to know more about Lifestyle Tucson, episodes are available for replay and additional information can be found on the Sunday Mornings page at klpx.com, kfma.com, mixfm.com, and espntucson.com.